0: We aim to inspire trust through providing individuals with the tools needed to test and prove who they are in real time. In today's episode, we are focusing on wind energy and its future in the UK. Whiteley Wind Farm is the UK's largest onshore wind farm. Its 215 turbines generate up to 539 megawatts of electricity, enough to power over 350,000 homes. CEO of Scottish Power Renewables, Lindsay McCade, talks about how the farm started and how they used the wind energy
1: provided by the turbines. So Whiteley covers an area roughly about the size of the city of Glasgow, so it's a big area to cover, and within that we have 215 wind turbines generating 539 megawatts worth of electricity. So... To give you a sense of what that means in terms of output and how we use that power, it's enough to power the city of Glasgow, so around about 350,000 homes. Great to see that that power is used on the doorstep of the power station uh, and it's clean and green and supporting a city. So back in 2007 when we were starting construction, this was the largest civil construction project in the whole of Scotland. So that takes in motorways, other infrastructure, railways, everything. This was the largest construction project in the whole of Scotland. So if you get your head around that, you can then imagine some of the challenges that we had, especially when we were talking about new technology. So in terms of challenges, it was about location. It was about delivering brand new technology. It was about understanding the topography that we were working within. Another big challenge that we had is aviation. Now sometimes people say, well what do planes have to do with wind turbines? Well, the tip of a blade moves roughly about the same speed as an aircraft flying through the air. So if a plane is coming over a wind farm, the radar has an issue in discerning whether it's a plane or the tip of a blade. So what we had to do was create a radar solution that would fill in that blank. So we invested in new technology, we invested in a radar solution that would give the radar uh, aviation controllers the, the information they needed so that everybody could enjoy the green power, but also fly heat is obviously a very valuable carbon store. We wanted to minimise the disruption to that carbon store. And so as a result, all of the roads on the site are floating so that we can maintain the natural flow of water underneath the site so that the peak continue to do its job and that the flow country effectively remains intact. But this site afforded us an opportunity to go a step further. We were able to rehabilitate some of the peatlands. So um, previously, perhaps where there'd been uh, forest plantations, for example, of non-native species, they were sucking up the water, um, disturbing the peat. We've been able to rehabilitate that peat through very novel uh, practices that we investigated here at Whitelee and have then been able to use at our other sites as well, just to enhance that carbon storage capability of the peatland, and also uh, regenerate the natural habitat that the species on the site enjoy.
0: What were some of the challenges you faced when constructing this site and making wind energy a reality for Scotland? I think for
1: us, what we'd learned as a as a utility operator was that communities are very important wherever you locate uh, your investment. So we, from a very early stage, we had a proactive approach to engaging with communities, hearing them, listening to them. So Whiteley itself, although um, it's to the south of Glasgow, sits across three different local authority areas. So it's been important for us to engage with those local authorities, the communities that are near that, the, 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 the towns and villages that are close to that as well, to make sure that their voices were being heard. Probably most surprisingly for this site, we received a single digit number of, of objections to this site which were all then uh, manageable and, and, and something that we were able to address any of the objections that came through. I think that engagement, that prior discussion, meant that White Lee was actually accepted very early on. So in terms of what's next for us, um, within uh, the UK we're going to see a doubling of our electricity demand between now and 2050. What that means for us in terms of renewables is a quadrupling of the amount of renewable generation as we take fossil fuel generation out of the system. For sites like Whiteley, that means we need to do more, make sure it's cost effective and have those sites coming through the planning process, going into construction and happening sooner. Now that can't be back-ended to 2050. We need to start that process today, so in part in terms of what we're doing, we're enhancing our portfolio. We've currently got an 8 gigawatt portfolio that comprises offshore wind, onshore wind, solar and battery technology. And that's going to be part of whatever that lower carbon future looks like at Scottish Power. But I think what's more important is how that energy is going to be used. So previously we talked about decarbonisation of the electricity sector. The game-changer is how we're going to decarbonise our lives. So it's about decarbonisation of your home, of your workplace, of how you travel and how you commute to and from work and how you what you do in your leisure time as well. So fossil fuels have impregnated every single part of our existence to date. That all needs to change and everything needs to go green with electricity. It can be then used in industrial processes and heavy haulage, where electricity might not be the the, the fuel that's required there. So green hydrogen is part of the future of a net zero, lower carbon way of, of managing those more energy intensive processes.
0: Independent think tank Bright Blue's conference held last week focuses on wind energy and how it will be the sole provider of renewable energy in the next 50 years. Chief executive of offshore renewable energy catapult Andrew Jamieson talks about how the public are now seeing the benefits of wind energy in a way they weren't before.
2: And I, I've seen firsthand communities faced with change, and that just means uncertainty. And I think we did miss a trick early on in renewables overall in terms of employment. Uh, So sometimes there was a bit of an imposition about a big change to energy infrastructure but people were not seeing the opportunities. That's changed now. I think offshore wind in particular and I think onshore wind coming back as as well as other renewable sources are much more meaningful now to the general public, to our uh, ecosystems including uh, education and training and universities. Uh, to actually get into the real heart and the nub of jobs so i'm at the offshore renewable energy catapult there are nine catapults set up by government part funded by government but i've also got to bring in industry revenue but we're there to drive innovation into the sectors that we serve and that means we go into territories in terms of technology where there's generally a market failure so for example we are helping ge and lm bring the world's largest turbine to the market. It's a 12 megawatt turbine. This is, I need to write this down, 260 meters tall. These are very, very big machines. Um, So uh, we've got some of the largest assets in the world to help that company get to the market and to bring, frankly, the lowest cost electricity that I think we're seeing at all in, in, uh, in, in the renewable sphere. It's a fantastic result for the UK. When I led a report for government some 10 years ago, prices were at £150 a megawatt hour. You don't need to know what a megawatt hour is. Now they're in the 30s. It's a staggering cost reduction job that we've done to make the industry truly competitive with all other industry offerings. The, the uh, task in front of us now, <clears throat> around net zero, is on the levelling up, is, providing, is getting into the jobs side of things. And I want to reassure you all, um, I think it's a very, very doable thing because we've got to think about um, offshore wind farms or wind farms in general, not so much as turbines, but a collection of mechanical parts. You separate them into individual bits, there's lots of opportunities for UK PLC to get deeper into supply chain activities than we've been able to do in the past. Some things are locked out, some things are the IP of the, of the manufacturers of turbines, but generally... They're very, very po- good procurement agents. So if you can make motors and gearboxes and electronic control, control systems and cables and all these things, you have every chance of getting into the procurement systems of the world's biggest manufacturers.
0: Pavel Miller, Head of Corporate Affairs at SSE Renewables, goes over some of the reasons that wind energy is the best choice for sustainability.
3: It will be wind energy which provides the backbone of the future energy system and there are simple reasons why. It's cheap scalable and deliverable and you know I'm not in the game of trying to talk down other technologies but I don't think other technologies are stepping up in the way that we've seen wind, wind energy do over the past 10 years and and uh, before that and going forwards so you know SSE renewables we're really proud that we're part of that actually no one's building more offshore wind in the world right now uh, more than SSE and all of that is actually in the UK uh, dogger bank huge projects so that 3.6 gigawatts that's going to be the world's largest offshore wind farm we're also building Seagreen, which will be the largest in Scotland. And there's more to come. We've got Berwick Bank, which will be uh, even bigger than Dogger Bank in Scotland towards the end of the decade. So it goes further and further. And just to put it in context, I know we talk about you know pounds a megawatt hour and everyone gets a bit lost, um, but you touched on it, Andrew, but But, you know, the most recent ones we had, including Dogger Bank, did come in at a price which was just below £40 a megawatt hour. If you contrast what we're seeing, energy prices now, electricity, wholesale prices, a consequence of gas, you know, anywhere between £100, £200 a megawatt hour. Now, we're not going to have that all the time, but it puts into context that, you know, that wind is cheap and it can secure us uh, lower cost uh, energy costs in the longer term.
0: 2020 was a record year for the global wind power industry, despite the impacts of COVID-19 we are still falling short to meet the world's climate targets. The world needs to be installing wind power three times faster over the next decade in order to stay on a net zero pathway and avoid the worst impact of climate change. According to the Global Wind Energy Council, there is now 743 gigawatts of wind power capacity worldwide, helping to avoid over 1.1 billion tonnes of CO2 globally. Yet, As the clean energy technology with the most decarbonisation potential power per megawatt, the report shows that the current state of wind power development will not be enough to achieve carbon neutrality by the middle of the century. TQ is a community of trusted experts who continuously test their skills and knowledge. The MyTQ app allows you to build your portable, irrefutable, professional reputation – Start your free membership today.